It's Wednesday, July 24th. Welcome to Skim This. We're breaking down the most complex stories of the day and giving you the context on why they matter. Today, we're talking about, big surprise, former special counsel Robert Mueller's highly anticipated face-off with Congress. We'll dive into whether or not we learned anything new in his testimony, or if it's just more of the same. Then, Facebook is paying up. The Federal Trade Commission has slapped the social network with a record fine. We'll give you the details. And finally, it's International Self-Care Day. But it's about more than treat yourself. We're here to make your evening smarter. Let's skim this. Today's episode is brought to you by Sunbasket. The most complicated story today is about former special counsel Robert Mueller. Today he took the hot seat in not one, but two separate congressional hearings to talk about his big report on Russian interference in the 2016 election and whether President Trump obstructed justice during that investigation. Now, keep in mind, Mueller has been very clear. He does not want to talk about it. Here he is back in May after his report came out. Now, I hope and expect this to be the only time that I will speak to you in this manner. Turns out, you can't always get what you want. We're going to get into why Mueller is opening up to Congress today, what the point of these hearings is, and whether we learned anything new. So part of the reason Mueller was called before the House of Representatives today is that the report's release hadn't exactly gone smoothly. In fact, Mueller kind of got scooped. Back in March, a couple of weeks before the report was released, Attorney General Bill Barr dropped the SparkNotes version. He said that Mueller hadn't found any coordination between the Trump campaign and Russia and that President Trump wasn't charged with obstruction of justice. In other words, he said, case closed. Then the report came out, and it was clear. That wasn't exactly the case. Mueller noted that just because they didn't say the president obstructed justice didn't mean Trump was exonerated. Mueller also said, legally, he, the special counsel, can't indict a sitting president, but that Congress could figure out whether or not Trump obstructed justice. That's what the top Democrats on the House Judiciary Committee have been trying to do. They've essentially been using Mueller's report as a guide to try to determine whether President Trump abused his power. And they wanted Mueller to come to Capitol Hill to talk them through it. Today, Mueller was like, eh, rather not. I do not intend to summarize or describe the results of our work in a different way in the course of my testimony today. So instead, Dems used their line of questioning with Mueller to make their points. Here's the chairman of the Judiciary Committee, Jerry Nadler. Did the president refuse the request to be interviewed by you and your team? Yes. Yes. And is it true that you tried for more than a year to secure an interview with the president? Yes. And is it true that you and your team advised the president's lawyer that, quote, an interview with the president is vital to our investigation? Close yes. quote. Yes. Sometimes Mueller literally let the report speak for him. Here's Congressman Ted Deutsch of Florida. Director Mueller, you found evidence, as you lay out in your report, that the president wanted to fire you because you were uh, investigating him for obstruction of justice. Isn't that correct? That's what it says in the report, yes. And I go, well, I stand by the report. That was about the time Trump told his White House counsel, Don McGahn, to fire Robert Mueller. Some Dems just talked at Mueller trying to hone in on this Justice Department rule that says the president can't be indicted. Anyone else who blatantly interfered with a criminal investigation like yours would be arrested and indicted on charges of obstruction 
of justice. At one point, Mueller was asked if he didn't indict the president because of that rule. He said that was correct, which would have contradicted his previous statements. And at the beginning of hearing number two, before the House Intelligence Committee, he doubled back. That is not the correct way to say it. As we say in the report, and as I said at the opening, we did not reach a determination as to whether the president committed a crime. Otherwise, Mueller didn't say anything that new, despite Democrats prodding. Republicans used their time to either poke holes at Mueller's report or dismiss the whole thing entirely. Congressman John Ratcliffe, who President Trump is reportedly considering to be his next director of national intelligence, said he took issue with Mueller's shrug over obstruction of justice. Can you give me an example other than Donald Trump where the Justice Department determined that an investigated person was not exonerated because their innocence was not conclusively determined? I I cannot, but this is a unique situation. Congressman Tom McClintock claimed Mueller had politicized the whole investigation. It's starting to look like, you know, having desperately tried and failed to make a legal case against the president, you made a political case instead. You put it in a paper sack, lit it on fire, dropped it on our porch, rang the doorbell, and ran. Other Republicans argued that the FBI investigation, the thing that eventually became the Mueller investigation, was improperly started. The Justice Department is actually looking into that right now, at the direction of A.G. Barr. Mueller said today he can't talk about it. So what's the skim? Looking forward, some Democrats have the I word on the brain, impeachment. And if they go that route, they'll likely pick up where Mueller left off, looking at obstruction of justice. But Democratic leadership has been hesitant to do that, especially ahead of 2020. They're not sure if the support is there. Most Americans, and even a majority of Republicans, think Mueller conducted a fair investigation. But polling also suggests that Mueller's findings aren't a factor for almost 50% of voters ahead of 2020. Even though a big takeaway from that report was that, oh yeah, Russia totally interfered in our election the last time around. And this was one of a few things Mueller, a career prosecutor who served as the FBI director for over a decade, did want to talk about today. Over the course of my career, I have seen a number of challenges to our democracy. The Russian government's effort to interfere in our election is among the most serious. As I said on May 29th, this deserves the attention of every American. Coming up, why the U.S. government is telling Facebook to pay up. When life gets busy, it can be hard to eat well. So prioritize what's important and let Sunbasket take care of dinner time. You can get a healthy and delicious meal on the table in as little as 15 minutes. There's something for every health journey and every busy lifestyle. Pursue your passions and live your legend. Sunbasket has mealtime covered. Go to sunbasket.com slash skim this to get up to $60 off. Visit sunbasket.com slash skim this to learn more about this limited time $60 off special. Facebook has been in hot water for a while over how it deals with users' info. And now it has to pay up. Today, the Federal Trade Commission announced a $5 billion settlement with the company over privacy violations. Here's FTC Chairman Joe Simons. This settlement is the result of an exhaustive investigation, which concluded that Facebook betrayed the trust of its users and deceived them about their ability to control their personal information. So what is this fine for? 
You probably remember a little thing called the Cambridge Analytica scandal. Last year, reports came out that Cambridge Analytica, a political data mining firm, had gathered information from about 87 million Facebook users without their permission. That data was then used by political campaigns in the 2016 presidential election to create targeted ads on Facebook. So the FTC launched this investigation and found that Facebook had violated an FTC order from back in 2012. That's when the FTC said Facebook had to get permission from users before sharing any of their information with a third party. So today, Facebook agreed to a few big things. First, there's the unprecedented $5 billion fine. It's 20 times more than the largest penalty ever imposed for data security or privacy violations. And we mean ever, like it's the largest in the whole world. To be clear, Facebook made almost $56 billion in revenue last year. So it's really just a small dent. But as part of the settlement, Facebook has also agreed to restructure how it handles privacy. And a lot of responsibility was put on the people in charge. Mark Zuckerberg, the founder and CEO, will have to oversee how his company is complying with their privacy program. And he could be held criminally responsible if he okays something he shouldn't have. Finally, the settlement also allows the FTC to monitor Facebook to make sure what they're doing is above board. There are a bunch of other requirements, but those are the big three. After all that, Facebook isn't admitting to any wrongdoing. And some critics say that these restrictions don't go far enough. But Facebook isn't totally in the clear yet. The Justice Department announced yesterday that they're opening an antitrust investigation into big tech companies. They didn't give specific names, but Facebook, Google, Amazon, and Apple are probably among them. The DOJ is looking into whether they're preventing competition, suppressing innovation, or hurting consumers in other ways. Today is International Self-Care Day, a day to raise awareness of the need to take care of your physical and mental health. Nowadays, self-care often gets wrapped up in a treat-yourself mentality. It's a huge moneymaker. The products sold in the name of self-care are part of an $11 billion industry. But it wasn't always that way. Historian Natalia Melman Petrozella says that self-care was a central point in the civil rights and feminist movements. These are the bodies and the people who've been told, like, you're only here to serve other people. Your body doesn't matter. Your health doesn't matter. She told the skim that women and people of color saw self-care as a way to take back control of their bodies and their lives. They start to use self-care as a form of political autonomy. And so there the mentality is self-care is a form of self-determination, not just another kind of lifestyle technique. We have a whole audio feature on the history of self-care, you can treat yourself in our Skim app. Before we go today, we've got a fun fact coming to you about shoes. A pair of sneakers was auctioned off yesterday at Sotheby's in New York for $437,500. You heard that right. Nearly half a million dollars. They broke the world auction record for shoes. To be fair, these sneakers, Nike's moon shoe, are pretty rare. Only 12 pairs were ever made, and these are the only ones that have never been worn. They don't look like moon boots, though, more like cleats. 
Nike's co-founder designed them for the 1972 Olympic trials with a waffle-like sole. According to Sotheby's, he actually poured rubber into a waffle iron to make the first prototype. Nothing like the smell of burnt rubber in the morning. Yum. And that's all for Skim This. Thank you so much for listening. Today's a big day for us. It's our 100th episode. And we want to thank you for tuning in every day at 5, leaving us reviews, and sharing the show with your friends. It means a lot to us, truly. We hope you keep listening for the next 100 and beyond.